episode of the Copcast podcast. Um, I'm David Dunning, and I've got Neil Patterson, um, chief in Berlin, and Dave Karen out in Brazil to discuss. <sighs> I don't really know what to call it, other than a fairly routine performance against a not very good side, and strangely, that side were Manchester United. So. I'm feeling pretty smug about myself, guys, right now. How are you two doing? Yeah, I mean, it's been a great week, hasn't it? So, um, yeah, you're right. It was pretty routine. Um, bit of madness to talk about along the way, as always. But uh, strange game. Brilliant week. Uh, obviously, we've got the Champions League draw to talk about later on as well. So, looking forward to getting stuck into this. Yeah, it's been really, really positive all over at the minute. Um, what a time to be alive. Dave, are you having as much fun as I am? Um, beating United's never bad, but you know, I said to you before the pod, Dave, there's just it's just not as sweet as it normally is. That wasn't a real that wasn't really Manchester United we played, was it? That insipid nonsense of zero, 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 zero. They didn't pressure us, they didn't do it. That felt no more like Manchester United. No, it was it was all very routine and it was all very easy. And I don't think uh, I don't know about you guys, but at no point during that game did I ever think that we weren't gonna win it. It says it all in the stats. It was total domination, 36 shots to six. I don't know, 11 shots on target or something like that. All 12 outfield players in a Liverpool shirt had a shot at goal, which I think is absolutely crazy. All do, your do you know the sweetest off. part, Dave? Like, you know, the, the real sweet part? Like, if we are disappointed at how bad they were, imagine if you supported them. Um, yeah, they're awful. Um, and realistically, if we didn't win that match, it was going to be a travesty. So a dominant performance, completely self-assured, um, completely comfortable in our own skin. Um, and at the moment, we look like a serious football team, guys. And I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking down the line and I'm just, I'm starting to wonder, will this team ever lose in the Premier League again? What do you think, Chief? Uh, <laughs> what a question. Well, I mean, flying high at the moment, no doubt. Really starting to hit hit our stride um, six wins in a row so um, yeah as you say you can't can't really can't really fault them in, in any way can't can't fault anything that's that's going on it's even with a, a so-called defensive crisis at the moment uh, the game against United itself um, I'm sure we're going to go into a little bit more detail as we go along but I've never seen I said it while I was watching it um and I continue to say it now. I've never seen a more dominant performance from either side in that that fixture ever in the length of time I've been watching them, and that's fucking far too long. Uh, so um, either for either side, so even when United were dominant in the nineties, even when they were even when they were you know winning title after title, they were never as dominant against us in a game as we were yesterday. And even in the Moyes era, when we, we, we got those three penalties and beat them 4-0 and whatever, I don't think we were more dominant in that game than we were yesterday. I think the stats will, will bear it out. Um, we we absolutely owned them. And whether they set out completely to sit back like they did, I, I'm not 100% sure that they did. I just think that they, they realised pretty quickly it was their only hope of getting out there half alive um, I think there were a couple of moments in the game where it, where it got a little bit chaotic um, I think really at the start of, of both halves they, they had a bit of a go and um, and um, it was chaotic, it was end to end for maybe two minutes, three minutes and they just looked ragged and the game, I mean everyone knows it's this famous quote now from Guardiola that you cannot afford to get in the game like that against Liverpool because they'll kill you. And I think United caught on to that pretty quickly and and um, sat back only because they had to. And barring the mistake, like, um, they wouldn't have scored. And I think we would have won the game even more comfortably, 4-0, possibly, maybe 5, um, without, um, without that mistake because I think it knocked us out of our stride and understandably so just because it because we had been so dominant and it, it was a real kind of kick in the balls 
Um, at that moment, obviously, it was never anything to panic about. And as you said, there was never a moment where you thought Liverpool weren't going to win that game. Um, and we, we talked about it on the on the pod last week. It's that self-assurance, uh, the assuredness within the team, within the squad, within the whole, the whole unit, that uh, it's not a, a mishap like that, no matter how freakish. And against the run of play, isn't going to knock us out of our stride, certainly not for more than a minute or two. And, um, and in the end... We know we're good enough and we will be good enough to, to win the game if we keep doing what we're doing. And we, we absolutely owned them. And Dave said in his opening comments there, Dave Caron, um, it, it doesn't feel so sweet because they didn't show up or whatever. For me, it feels really sweet, like, because we're, you know, just to gloat for a second here, we're, we're seeing things come to fruition that we talked about a couple of years ago, three years ago, when the two respective managers joined the clubs and, and what, what the future might hold for each club. And you're seeing these things sort of begin to be born out. And, and yesterday was a, was a prime example, was the best example you're ever going to get of, of two, two sides, two clubs, two managers uh, going in completely different directions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, theirs is a house very much built on sand and there's some seriously strong foundations in place at, at Liverpool, both on and off the field. And there seems to be a real joined up approach um, where they are in chaos, to be totally honest, um, crisis mode, whatever you want to call it. But enough about them because I've heard about how shite they are all week and I've talked about how shite they are all day. So, um, Dave, I think bearing in mind the mistake from Alison, um, I think it wouldn't be unfair to say that after that last year, we draw that game or maybe even go on to lose that game. But there's something really clinical about this team at the moment. And I think because of the pace that City set last year and because of the pace that they have kept with us, now, I stress, they've kept with us this year. It's been really underappreciated how unbelievable this team is at the moment. The number of points on the board, the goals, the goal difference, the clean sheets, the goals conceded, the number of wins. And people have said, oh, we're, you know, they're maybe not playing as well as they were last year. Well, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think we're certainly playing in a different manner. Um, but Dave, I think we showed them a bit a bit of respect by going going four three three yesterday. Um, because we've seen against the weaker teams that he's gone with the four two three one, and I thought he might have done the same thing, but he's shown them a bit of respect going the four three three. Um, but the midfield three, I think it was exciting. I think everybody was excited when they saw those three guys um, uh, on the team sheet. Wijnaldum, Keita and, and Fabinho. Um, and I thought the midfield functioned really, really well. What did you think that added to that performance that maybe we hadn't seen up until that point? Well, you know, you, you, you have a lot in there, Dave, <laughs> to come to that question at the end of it. But you know, j- just to respond, like you, know, you say about that, mid- that's the midfield we've been waiting to see all season. I think there's a lot of us have waited for to, to see what we class maybe, you know, as a more dynamic midfield. Um, if there's been criticisms this year, it's been the sameness of the player across. You know, you look at your Wijnaldum's, your your Milner, and your Henderson when those that three's played, and it's often said how similar they are in their game. They give a hundred percent. They leave no, you know, they leave everything on the pitch. They give you everything that they've got, um, but at maybe the expense sometimes of that spark of creativity. Of course, Klopp gave that team respect yesterday. He gave that fixture respect, a respect which it deserves. Um, and, you know, United can fall an awful lot further. We'll still respect that that, that fixture, if you know what I mean. It's, it's always going to be there because it's Manchester United. But I say, my comments on them, I'm not going to linger on it. I stand over them. They were awful. They didn't respect that fixture. But that doesn't mean to say that we drop our guard. Um, and I think... Coming back into what you're saying, that not dropping your guard. We're never going to drop our guard. We're a different beast all of a sudden. Like I've sat in these podcasts what for three, four years now, being the most negative mofo on the planet. And I'm not anymore because you can see 
that change that you're talking about, and that change is is going to really you know be encapsulated when we get that midfield working and we start mixing and matching these guys. You know, Fabinho. Uh, I think it was Graham Soonish yesterday said about you know how much further Fabinho was playing and how effective he was, and maybe this is what he's been learning. Maybe this is what Klopp wanted him to learn. I thought he was fun. You know, rightly so. Shaq got the the plaudits, got man of the match from most most outlets. But you know, if you take the match over ninety minutes for me, it's Fabinho and the difference he made there. Um, you know, the three that were on show yesterday, when Aldum tireless, never stops working. I kind of took. A little bit of a criticism about him not pulling the trigger, maybe uh, enough for or, or hesitating at the at the edge of the box last week. It wasn't the case this week, um, but again, against nothing, and, and and this is what bothers me. It was against nothing. Um, you know, it was it was nine nine men playing in defence and one man playing up front. Um, that, that's what we came up against, and and you know, ultimately, I think what we see from here on in with the midfield, Dave is that you know coming into the Christmas period, we're going to see a rotation, as we've seen throughout the season so far, but we're now rotating players in, and we're going to find which ones actually really tick well, which one play well together, you know, which are his best options going forward. You know, we saw the, the draw for the Champions League mouth-watering for us, and by the t- I, I say by the time we get to that, Klopp is going to have this squad completely worked out. He's going to know who's the, who's the players to go to. You know, right now he's going with what's reliable, what, what he knows. And you know we saw it with Napoli. He went for the for the safe midfield, but I think that that I think honestly, coming into the Christmas period, we're going to see a big change in that mentality, Dave, in the midfield. You could well be right, Dave. Um, and again, you know, it's it's no surprise um, that that these guys are now starting to see more minutes on the pitch um, because you know Klopp has formed for this. He, he needs to make sure that the guys are are absolutely 100% on it and they know what they're doing before they can slot in because as we've talked about it's really really tough to play midfield for Liverpool it's really really tough um, but Chief the performance you know we've talked about how dominant it was um, you know corner count everything but what I noticed and I've noticed that the last couple of games particularly against Napoli we were so tenacious and so relentless in our pressing and winning the ball back. Um, it was it was the type of pressing that I don't think we've seen up until this point of the season. Um, did you notice that as well? Absolutely. And I've noticed it, as you mentioned, there over the last couple of games, really. Um, we've stepped it up a level. We're, we're seeing... Uh, pressing levels akin to or, or certainly much closer to the likes uh, which we were seeing last year um, and yeah the way we the way we pressed as well um, you know we were completely on it knowing exactly when to go and, and when to capitalise and we won the ball back high up so many times and it was the same against against Napoli um, <clears throat> however um, yeah I mean it's I mean, Bobby Firmino is is one who needs a bit of special mention, I think, on this because uh, it was always kind of the you know the, the I suppose one of the highlights of his game. And again, yesterday he shows it. I mean, uh, countless times getting involved and and tackling back and and nicking the ball um, and just never never giving them time to settle. I mean. That's the thing. That's what, why I was saying that I don't think uh, they would have scored at all if it hadn't been for that mistake because they, they just couldn't get out. I mean, the number of times that they were in our half or in our final third up until the um, the error, yeah, I mean, you could count them on one hand, I'm sure, in the whole 37 minutes or so before before it happened. Um, and again, in the second half, you know, they, they couldn't get out. We just penned them in. We boxed them. And we, we were relentless. And, you know, we were dominant. We were awesome. Um, and long may I continue. Yes, they were poor. But, I mean, every side we come up against uh, and we play well against and we batter, everyone always says, including including us up to a point, or, but they were crap. But, you know, you have to make them look crap. I mean, they're, they're a team that managed to to... to beat Juve in Juve I mean they, they were shit in the game or not very good anyway and they were lucky but I mean they still did it so you know you, you can sort of have your cake and eat it yeah they're not very good but yeah it feels good to beat them and it, it feels that Liverpool are 
are really going strong in the, in the midfield, as as Dave mentioned. That that is the 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 um, the trio, or, or certainly close to the trio that we envisaged when we heard we're getting Kaido, we're getting Fabinho, and we wanted to see them. We want to see them together. We want to see you know how much of a change that could make. And yeah, Fabinho looked looked excellent. And Kaida as well looked, didn't look out of place in, in any way. Neil, can, really... can, I, can I butt in? Sorry to butt in, but you know you watch a lot of German football and you've always seen a lot of Kaida. Do, do you think it's a fair comment? Because this is what, the way I see it. That you know, Shaq this this season, this season only, because I think Kaida's quality. When I say this, but I think Shaq is the player this season that we thought Kaida was going to be. Is that fair? Yeah, maybe in a way, but I mean, I suppose. Naby Keita's had a, a bit more. It's taken him a bit more time to settle and so on. Coming from from the Bundesliga and uh, not having played in the Premier League, not speaking English, um, and all the rest of it. But but yeah, I mean Shaq. I mean Shaq's done his own thing in uh, in his own way. I mean I, I think when Shakiri signed for us, a few of us were maybe a little complacent about the signing, and maybe even questioned it here and there, certainly in some quarters. But I think when you you know when you really think about it and you you look back, he, he's always been. I mean, he was something of a prodigy, wasn't he? And um, he's 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 always been at top clubs except for Stoke. And you know, he shows what Shakiri's to move on to Shakiri. He's just showing what an intelligent player is, how well he reads a game, how well he he can influence a game from the bench. For example, at, at the weekend is the, is is the perfect example that uh, you've heard his interview. You know, he was watching the game. He noticed a few spaces and whatever and how he could influence it. He, he certainly did. I mean, you know, it might say, oh, you know, it's a, it's a fine thing to say, but I mean, he's got, he's got the goals to prove it, you know? Um, and he's, he's one who's, who's so switched on, so intelligent. Uh, while he's got form and fitness, he's, he, he's absolutely, he's absolutely top drawer and it's great, but he's, he, he doesn't have to be the... Bill, do you see, do, do you see sort of flip likenesses to the you know the Ferguson era we're on Man United and Solskjaer you remember how fucking annoying it used to be that fecker coming off the bench every time winning games for them and and we have, we haven't had that in years and we've got it now yeah but they, I mean Solskjaer is sort of again a, another another kettle of fish or a different kettle of fish again the BBK assassin I mean he was he was lethal he rarely ever started games I mean maybe five or ten a season at the most but uh, he would always come on and score, and he, he was lethal in the box. He was a, a lethal finisher. But Shakiri comes on; he makes things happen. He might not might not score in every game, and he, he's certainly not going to get the numbers that, that Solskjaer got. I wouldn't have thought like. But he'll influence a game. He'll change the dynamic. He'll make things happen. He'll look to make things happen. He's he's he'll work hard. He'll do whatever it needs be. Plus, he has that that flair that. The X factor, for want of a better phrase, where you, he's capable of anything. He's one of the most skillful, one of the most technically gifted players you'll probably ever see. You know, he's he's a fabulous, fabulous footballer. So he's capable of pulling an overhead kick out of the bag or, or bending one in the top corner from, from 30 yards. And at the same time, he's capable of playing a great through ball. And at the same time, he's capable of, of doing a Lampard and getting two deflected shots to fly in. So, I mean, that that's brilliant. I mean, he doesn't have to be, to come back to what you were saying, he doesn't have to be the player that we thought we were getting with Naby Kaida. I think Naby Kaida is going to be and is already beginning to be the player that we thought we were getting with him. Um, he, he's Kaida and, and Shakiri Shakiri, but it's brilliant to have them both and have the options. Yeah, I think what you have with Shakiri there as well is, and I talk about this an awful lot, and this is why United do still pose a threat because they've still got match winners in their team. No matter how poor they are, they've still got match winners. And Shakiri is a match winner. And the more um, match winners you can have coming off the off your bench, you know, if you've already got them on the pitch, and the more you can have coming off your bench to go back to your Solskjaer point, you know, the better. You want goals absolutely. all over the pitch, don't you? Absolutely. And... That brings me on to the point nicely that um, it's another sub from Klopp that makes an impact. And we're starting to see that quite a bit at the minute. In fact, I think, and unsurprisingly, Emery is the only manager who has made more, um, who has achieved more goal involvement per substitution than Klopp this year. Um, 
And I'd say that that's probably because he fucking makes about two or three half-time subs every game. So, essentially, a substitute playing half the time for him. Yeah, I was going to say, he's always making half-time subs, isn't he? Yeah, but we've seen it. We've seen it recently. We saw it um, We saw it away at Burnley when, you know, Firmino comes off the bench and Salah come off the bench and Firmino scores one, Salah creates one. We saw Origi against Arsenal. Or against Arsenal. Apologies. Against Everton coming off the bench and inexplicably scoring the winner when everybody thought that he was, I don't know, fishing with Lee Boyer in France or something. And then today again, Shakiri, um, straight in, instant impact, two goals, wins the game. And Dave, lots of people have been throwing this stupid comment around about Klopp hugs players and that's great and blah, blah, blah. But Considering the impact substitutions have made and considering the change in formation and the change in style and the patient and clinical approach, and we almost bully sides now, how has, has Klopp's, I don't know, tactical acumen gone up in your estimations since the start of the season? Absolutely, they have. And well, I think it's been a gradual process, David. I think maybe we're just beginning to realise it now. You you, you know where, where I'm coming from. Now we actually have the team to back it all up. But look, they say the Bundesliga and, and the Premier League are very close. Um, there's always that comparison made between them. But, you know, still, still, the paradox is they're still different. Um, and, and, you know, there's no doubt about it. Klopp has taken his time here. He's built something. And in, in amongst all of that, he has learnt and learnt and learnt. You know, we have spoken about maybe the Buvac effect. You know, we, I know we spoke about it off pod last week and, and we don't know what influence he had or what, what differences maybe have come to bear that maybe this is apparent this season, if you know what I mean. There's maybe Klopp going his own way. Um, and there's several ways to look at it as, as, as we did. We're not going down that rabbit hole again. But I, I think there's certainly been a learning curve here. And, you know, Klopp's an intelligent man. You talk about the hugs for the players and what. He, he, the man just oozes char- uh, charisma. You, you know what I mean? I want to play for him. <laughs> I'm fifty odd years. Ago. I, I want to go and play for him. Give everything. Um, it's just it's what he brings. And and again, all the time he is learning, 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 learning. You, you know, from management terms, he's not an old manager. Um, you, you know what I mean? He uh, he could go on for another twenty years if he wanted to. I don't think the guy wants to. Um, but but who's to say? So you know, he's still in. I, I would say if he asked Klopp direct to his face, he he, he would tell you he learns every day. And, uh, and, and you know, he has learned about this squad. He, he, he's learned a lot of things. He's learned about this league. Um, he's learned about the, the, the British press. He's learned so much. And, uh, you know, as we say in Northern Ireland, he's a cute her. Um, he's, he's learned quick. And I, I don't think we've got any, any problems in that direction, Dave. No, I, I'd, I'd, certainly, I'd certainly agree with that. Um, it seems to be that... It seems to be that um, the guy just continues to find solutions for for issues and for problems and for challenges. And the other thing I noticed, Chief, is that there it seems to be so much harmony in, in the squad at the moment. Um and Shakiri's another one who just he just seems to have integrated into that squad flawlessly and seems very popular amongst the rest of the players. And you know I think we saw we saw we saw Allison make a, a beeline for him um, at the end of the game to say you know fuck thanks you pulled me out of the hole, but then obviously you know we talked early on and, and Klopp said it about the players wanting to do that for him because they've been pulled out of a hole by him over the last couple of weeks. Um, there's great camaraderie there. You also saw you know I noticed that as soon as um, as soon as Van Dyke saw that, that Henderson was coming on, he ran to Mane to give him the armband um, to give to, to Henderson as soon as he was coming onto the pitch as well. And they, there seems to be, whether it's, and I would presume it's something to do with the profiling of personalities and things like that, that that, that Klopp seems to use whenever he's signing players. It's as much about, about personality and and. and aptitude as, as it is about their their quality in the pitch but I think this is significant in in where we're going um do you think that do you think that this is 
this is just another one of those elements of those marginal gains that you can get, or is this genuinely just part of of Klopp's standard setup, and this is something that he absolutely believes in? What the camaraderie and the, the team spirit, and and making it a making it a, a, um, a happy ship, so to speak, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's very much part of the ethos. I mean, it, it, you know, the whole, you know, we, we talk on pre-pod about the Sacco thing and how he, he allowed Sacco essentially to to do what he did, basically, and then then he they made an example of him. Yeah, uh, he gave him a, he gave him an off rope. Exactly, and 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 you know that's that's you know if you if you if you're not going to adhere to the to the rules of the group, then you're not going to be part of it, and that's it. But He's going to make it very much. I mean, he's very good at group dynamics. He's going to make it so that you, you very much want to be part of the group. You know what I mean? The group, this group is going to be the best group to be part of. And, you know, it, that's exactly what it seems to be at the moment. Um, you know, uh, similar, similar, I guess, to Pep Guardiola in that way. Uh, very much the same idea, the same ethos. This is, this is the group. And uh, if you're not if you're not down with it, you don't want to be part of it. You know, if you don't want to stick to the rules, then then you'll be out. But you'll probably regret that type of thing. And, and you know, everyone wants to be in that uh, in that group. And they're the most they're the two most successful managers certainly at the moment in Britain uh, in 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 the Premier League. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's it's the whole ethos. It's it's um, Having a philosophy, it's buying and everything. It's it's respect amongst uh, above all else, respect for for everybody within the within the setup. Um, that's players, that's that's uh, backroom staff, that's that's every absolutely everybody, everyone at Melwood. Um, you know, from from top to bottom, and I think it all. He's very much one for. Um, for for the whole being more than the sum of its parts and and those kinds of uh, of sayings and, and cliches. So yeah, it all it all it all ties in. It all ties in. Um, but you know, you're winning games. Things are going well. You're going to be happy, and and you know, everyone does buy into it. They can see that gradually and steadily, Liverpool have improved. I mean, if if you want to compare our where we are now in, in as a fan base, as a club, compared to where we were even even. 24 months ago, you know, uh, when when club really probably first was first in and and first um, um, putting a stamp on things, you know, we're we're a completely different animal, totally different beast. So, so yeah, uh, it is very much part. It it is a marginal game. I don't know how marginal it is though. When you look at you know you take Manchester United as as an example, given that we've just played them, you know they don't look like a happy camp, and you can see that when there is well, we know there is friction certainly between the manager and certain players, there's friction between manager and the board, and you know it's it's all energy and negative energy breeds negative consequences, and you see that now, and and positive energy should bring positive consequences, and and we're seeing that now as well, and you know. Everyone wants to work in a happy environment, and when things are going well, generally people are happy. So it's it's just a good sign, and, and one feeds the other, you know. Dave, just before you jump in, Dave, I don't know whether either you two guys have noticed them, but I stumbled across it on YouTube here last week, and there's all these little videos that the club are releasing now of the players, you know, asking questions about each other. It was Firmino and uh, and Alice, and there was Robertson and Milner, and you click one, you get addicted to them. Jesus, you just keep clicking them. Um, but you talk about that, you know, that strength of character, that, that group and unit. These these guys just love each other. You know, they love being in each other's company. It's a real, you know, Liverpool are portraying through social media now this united front, this, you know, look at our players, look at, look at, look at us as a team, as a unit and whatnot. And watching them, you can't get away from it. You just go, wow. You, you know, you, you want to watch more of them. It's, there's, there's, you know albeit everything on the pitch is coming together as well, what they're selling and putting out social media, which is now huge, it's an, a huge aspect of the, all of this, is, is real quality stuff and, it, and stuff that you know, will, you'll, you'll become absorbed in. It, it's really clever all round what's going on at the club at the minute. Yeah, and it's, it's genuine as well. I mean, the, the bonds, the friendships, the relationships between the players. That's what and, makes and it addictive. It's so natural, well, Neil. 
It absolutely is. I mean, you could see yesterday on Sky Show they interviewed Mane and Van Dyke together, and the banter they're sort of having, even in the interview, like Mane's yeah, they were just having, they were having a wee giggle and all together. It was, but yeah. they just they just look like they're just having the fucking best time, don't they? they just look like they're the lads taking the piss out of each other, you know, and uh, you know, in a good in a good way. And you know, you've just won, you play well, you're, you're having a wee dig at each other, like you're laughing about it. You know, it's class. We all, I think you're, David, spot on with the social media and stuff like that. And again, it's just, it goes to show that these guys in charge have come on for a lot of criticism over the last number of years. Um, and they've been learning on the job, but these are, these are smart operators um, and they know how to win and they know how to win with sports teams. And we're starting to see now, and we have been seeing now, let's be honest, for, for a few years progressing, but now an, an actual end product, if you like, because I think that this is where we are. I think this is an actual end product. We're operating at a, a ratio of points that we're, we're going to break 100 by the end of the season as it stands. In our last 38 matches, it's been... 89 points and it's a goal difference of plus 62. Now, those numbers aren't average. They're not normal. That's more than our best ever Premier League season, 89 points. And we've talked a little bit um, about United and I don't want to talk about them anymore because they're none of our business and they're inconsequential to us. Um, but City are Starting to show a few chinks in their armor. Um, sorry, hairline fractures. Little crack. yeah, yeah. A few little, a few little cracks there. Just enough um, to doubt. Just enough to, to plant some seeds of doubt in their mind. They're they're a point behind us now. They'll have been looking to that game on on Sunday the same way we looked to the Manchester derby to think. Oh, you know, United might get something here. Yeah, exactly. United might get something here. And we, we've absolutely dominated that game of football. They've, and the, the goal that we conceded frustrated me a lot, but they've only kept one clean sheet in their last eight games, which I thought was really surprising. Three penalties this season already, hasn't he? So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, really, it's really surprised me. And still... We're still bizarrely quite clear second favourites for the title, and and people seem reluctant almost in the press and in the media to to even suggest that we're going to go close. And people are still talking about a ten point gap at the end of the season between us and but City. This is, this is Guardiola mythology, Dave. It's what has it's what he's brilliant. been built up to in, in the media. Now he's a fan, don't give me a fantastic coach, brilliant coach. But you can't win them all. You can't win a hundred percent of the time. And 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 what's more, there's a human. There's a these are exceptional players, but there's a human element in it as well. If these players who have never been under pressure really uh, last season anyhow suddenly find themselves in a, in a fight, how do they react? We don't know that question. They're way too far ahead of themselves on television. Well, that's the thing, Dave. I think we're now starting to ask that question of this group of players for the first time. But what we're showing is that. It's not because Guardiola can't win 100% of the time or, you know, they they have set the bar. They set the bar last season and the start of this season. And we've risen to that. We've risen to that, and we yeah. have now exceeded that. And I would, I would go victims with of their own success. Say, then, Dave, is what you're saying. Well, well, maybe. And what we are is we're profiting off their success because they've pushed us to another level. It's a bit like the Messi Ronaldo argument, where would either of them be as good as they are without the other one? We we don't know, but this Manchester City team has pushed us to a level that I didn't think that we were able to achieve. And at the minute now, we look. Absolutely imperious. This is, I, I, I can't overstate this enough, and I can't believe how understated it's been as to how incredible 
the the runner results this Liverpool team have put together. It's fourteen wins and three draws and zero losses in seventeen matches. Like yeah. that is absolutely unheard of. And it'll mean that nothing without a trophy, six. Dave. Sadly. Yeah, well, let's 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 hold on a minute. I mean, before we before we get on to the trophy debate already, but uh, after I mean, after seventeen games, fourteen wins, three draws. You know, we. I think you're right. They have they have they have pushed us to to another level. Um, but you know, it's you know what's brilliant. You know, we are looking like the stronger horse at this particular time, right? But. Let let us not be spoken about like that. Let let them talk about ten points between us and City. Let us be the underdogs until until we're too far clear for them to catch us. Let let's be honest. It suits us. It suits us not not to have pressure piled on us. It suits us not to be talked about consistently and constantly as oh, or or actually to be talked about as as you know it it has to be City's league almost because we just we'll just keep winning. We just keep going, and but Neil, that's right, all we've we heard all season is it's City's league. I can't go yeah, against yeah, City. Oh no, you know, actually, the, top of the league and under the radar. I mean, that's 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 a, such a paradox, but it's fucking brilliant. And we're the best side we've been in thirty years, and nobody's still fucking. They're hardly talking about us. Yeah, and this is what I, this is absolutely what I mean. You're a hundred percent nail on the head there, Chief. Um. And I said at the start of the season that this team could get 100 points and not win the league. But now what I'm actually starting to think, as well as that, is Man City could get 100 points and not win the league. Yeah, exactly. And they're looking, and, you know, they you're, you're exactly right with what you said. They will have been looking at that game. Yeah, they will have expected us to beat them. But they will have been looking at the game going, you never know, those fuckers, maybe they'll do us a favour. A bit like we were sort of looking at Everton going, Fuck, is there any chance you should fucking take your chances, you dicks? You know, <laughs> against City. Um, just, just that, that. But the thing with United was they didn't get chances against us. Everton Everton had the chances to beat City and if, if they weren't Everton, they probably would have, would have done it. <laughs> um, yes, yes, <laughs> that's absolutely right. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and I think the the this is this weekend I think has been really really significant when I've been looking at probably through my rose tinted glasses. But I watched two teams that are really similar standard against two other teams at you know league table suggesting a really similar standard, and both results ended three one, but one team was never in any danger of losing their game of football, and that was us. City, on the other hand, rode their luck to a certain extent and could and should have conceded at least one more, if not two more goals during that game of football. Absolutely. And to be honest, they should have conceded the first goal. They should have. I think you're being very and, unfair uh, on the City-Everton game. Like, you know, Everton tried. What are you, what are you feeling? United did not. What's what insults me so much? They didn't even try. There wasn't 1% of effort. If they, they tried or they, if, if they didn't try, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Roy Keane's sitting there, he says he thinks he's there giving maximum effort. Not usually something Roy Keane says whenever he doesn't think players are giving maximum effort. But Well, then they're going they're to the just, championship. If that's maximum effort, they should be looking at the championship as a way forward. Yeah, I think it's it's difficult. It's difficult to understand. I think, you know, you know people talk about, oh, players weren't chasing back with like 15, 15 10 minutes to go. I think it, it's underestimated they're broken, how, how I much. Think they're broken. Yeah. I think they're broken too, but I think it under. I think it. We underestimate how much, how much it takes out of a side playing Liverpool. Yeah, that's what because I mean. Not, they, they can't. They can't physically do it. Like no, no. We've we've absolutely and, you know, I think is it over fifty percent of of our goals this year have been scored in the last half hour of games, and that just goes to show to me and and you know they talk about wearing teams down and. And, but that's what we do. We physically exhaust teams to the point where they can't keep up with us anymore. And we physically bully them during matches of football. And it usually, I mean, I mean, there's a bit of a pattern. It generally takes about 25 minutes. <laughs> and then we, we tend to score between like, I mean, not all the time, of course, there are, there are variations, but we often score between 20 and 30. Um, if we haven't got if we haven't got a really early goal, we haven't seen that many really early goals this season. Um, we often score in that twenty five to or twenty 
to to thirty minute mark, and then we we often nick one just before half time, or or quite quite frequently. It generally it t- takes that amount of time. You wear a team down, you score, you take your foot off the gas a little, and then go for it again just before half time. And and by the time teams are then teams are, are just about surviving, getting to half time, getting the fifteen minutes, getting the second win. But by the time they're getting the sixty five, there is no more half time. There is no second win. That's it. You're you're stuck out there for another half an hour. Good luck. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then what we have, as we talked about it earlier on, with the substitutions that the club's making, and we saw it work a treat at Burnley when he brought Firmino and Salah off the bench. Um, he brings Shaqiri off the bench yesterday and, and the difference the difference is made. Um, so, you know, on that note, looking at City and, and discussing the, the title race, I suppose, which, again... You know, it's not a start anymore. We're two games away from the halfway point of the season. Um, so if that's not sustained, I don't know what is. But we've got a run of games now. Um, and we talked about, you know, this week being a real springboard. Um, if we got the two results that we that we needed and we all desperately hoped for, and we have, and we've got two really good performances in there as well. Um, whereas maybe they weren't there at the start of the year. But we've got a run of five games, Dave. Um, we have Wolves away on Friday night, which, you know, is, isn't going to be easy. And, you know, I think um, City came unstuck there. United came unstuck there. Um, they, they were lucky to beat... They were, they were luck, unlucky to lose against Arsenal. Um, and Spurs, I think... Did Spurs have two penalties against them or something like that? Something. Um, but this isn't going to be an easy game. On Friday night, Rafa comes back to Anfield on Boxing Day, which is always nice, especially when he's bringing a team with him that aren't very good. Um, but then we have Arsenal at home three days later. Then we have the big one away at the Etihad on the third, and then away to Brighton, who are a very different proposition at home than they are away from home. So, we talk about the Christmas period a lot, Dave, and the, the holiday period. And and I don't think that, that any holiday period and any, any run of fixtures has been more significant than this. Dave, I can't recall a Christmas that I've looked forward to the fixtures as much, to be honest with you. Um, uh, you know, obviously the league position, everything's going on at the minute, sort of inflates all of that. But you're you're quite right in what you're saying. We'll have a tougher game against Wolves than we had at the weekend. We'll have a re- you know we'll, we'll have a match there. Um, they've been doing quite well, and they can you know they can frustrate us, and they can play a bit of football as well. So, uh, you know, you look at it, and you still sort of go, we should be winning that. You know, even as good as they are, like seriously, that's where we are right now. We should, we're looking at that going. You know, if we're the real deal, we should we should be winning that. Um, and the same with Newcastle, and. To a degree, the same with Arsenal. I'm sorry, um, I've, I've, I'm, I'm buying into this theory that uh, Arsenal are going to suffer maybe once the real cold weather starts coming in with Emery and whatnot, um, and and his his lack of experience in managing the likes of that. And, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, you know, Arsenal have been very good, um, but they weren't very good at, against Southampton. I actually, I actually watched the, uh, the highlights of that one. They didn't look at all good against Southampton. Uh, and I know it's a new manager and those those results kind of happen. But I would honestly, I still expect to beat Arsenal. And that leaves us going to Mordor, uh, our new Mordor, um, one point ahead of them. And, and number one, if we arrive there one point ahead and maintain this, there's going to be questions asked of them. And if we go there, I think we're more than capable, given the fact we're improving week on week, as we've talked about in the pod. We did it last season. Why can't we do it this season? It doesn't fill me full of fear. It's an excitement. It's going to be a great game against two great teams. But I think we're the greater. Uh, And I think our tail's up at the minute in a way that Cities isn't. And if that maintains, if we maintain that unbeaten um, Christmas till we get to the Etihad and and we win there, uh, there'll be words that are going to spill from my mouth on a podcast that maybe I, I never thought would spill. Um, because really then we're going to see what City would be made of. But, you know, they're all big ifs. It's a, it's a big ass to go there and win. Is it in our capability range? Of course it bloody is. And and we shouldn't be thinking anything other than that. Should we be nervous about it? Yes, we should. But we should be looking at it and relishing it 
because if we are to win a league, if we are to win a trophy, those are the games you need to win. And uh, as I say, you know, then we're going to move to the Champions League later. You know, it's all just coming in at the right time, these big games. And to me, coming into that City game off the tough game against Arsenal, perfect remedy as well. It's it's certainly a it's certainly a tough run, and it, it, you know I think Chief you said it quite a number of weeks ago where we could have been we would maybe be looking to that as a, a, that game at the Etihad as a really significant fixer in this title race, and you know by all accounts and the way both sides are playing, it's 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 looking as though that that's panning out to be the way it's going to be. Um, but before we get there, we've we've got Wolves to negotiate. Um, We've got Newcastle at home, um, and we've got Arsenal at home. Um, do you realistically think we can we can go to the area at a point ahead of them? Yeah, I think we. I mean, you mean do we win all three games? Well, uh-huh. we, yeah, we mirror, mirror their results, I guess. I mean, <clears throat> well, I, mean, I think their their um, their fixtures just for the the sake of the of the conversation here is. Um, Let's see now. They're home to Palace, who are brutal. Yeah, that's a home win. Yep, they are away to Leicester, who... Well, you say that... They're hitting this, Dave. They're up and down. Well, Leicester seems to have been a funny ground for them over the years, I think. They won their body, scored a hat-trick against them, didn't they? Uh Uh-huh. It's been a funny one for them, but again... They are, they are so much right. better than them. Yeah. Leicester, um, I think they're without a win in eight, eight games or seven games or something, or they've won one in, in the Yeah, eight. they're becoming a bit stale and stagnant, and then they're they're home to Bournemouth. And if I'm honest with you, I can, only, I, can only really look at, I can only really look at City dropping points away from home. Um, I don't see where they drop points at home. Um, I, but I mean, they could drop points... In in yeah, I see what see what you're saying. They're much stronger than the Eddie had. It might have the weapon home, but they can get a red card yeah, at any time, they, you know. So there's there's as much chance probably of them dropping points at home as there is away. Right. So I hold on. I apologise. They're not a, they're not at home to Bournemouth. That's the shit Manchester team. They're away to Southampton. Who? Come on, Ralph Hasenhutl. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> The the Swiss Guardiola meets the, the real Guardiola. Oh, you're, you're close. The Alpine Klopp. The Alpine the Klopp. The Swiss Guardiola. Yeah. <laughs> ah, something like that, sure. Well, you never know. Southampton ridiculously were a bit of a. Were they not a bit of a? Oh, sure. Well, we have the Swiss Messi, sure. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, they'd probably get nine, and should we get nine? Yes, we should. Um, we go to Wolves. They're a good side. Um, they're a good, strong mid-table side. The kind of side that hasn't doesn't hasn't really existed for a while. Um, there are a few of them this season. Watford being another one. Um, maybe there's a, this is the resurgence of a of a proper mid-table that, that might kind of assert itself. I'm not sure. Um, I think Southampton will pick up and 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 you know reassert themselves at mid-table as well. But yeah, I mean they're a good side, but. They'll 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 play a little. I mean, they'll they'll try and keep it as tight as 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 possible, I guess. But they're not they're, they're not a bus parking side. They'll they'll like to play a little bit. Um, they're at home in front of their in front. It's, it's on TV as well, isn't it? So you know they'll play a little. I I think we're good enough to beat them. We have to go there and expect to win. Newcastle at home on Boxing Day again. You know Rafa's doing a great job as ever. Um, he, he's putting together. And nicking nicking wins, you know, nicking results. He's got Rondon firing, and it's working for him. Great, but we should have far too much for them. Uh, you would expect, and uh, I think Rafa just comes to to Anfield just to keep it respectable. Get to the be odd, fair. Get, get the get the plaudits and go. <laughs> get his name sung and go away. Um, get a nice reception. Park the bus. Go down two nil and and get out of there. Um, and, and we'll then, thank him for it, Neil. We'll thank him for yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, just take it all day. And then you've got Arsenal at home on the 29th. So interesting to see what shape they're in. Yeah, they, they weren't great against Southampton. I thought that was going to be a classic kind of Arsenal away performance where they were going to peg them back 1-1, peg them back 2-2, and then nick a winner with five minutes to go. But it actually went the other way. And I was quite surprised to see that. 
Um, I thought they were going to get out of jail, you know. But um, but yeah, we'll have to see. That was our first defeat in twenty. Um, so obviously not a bad run. Obviously, sometimes when clubs come off runs like that, they um, they can they can lose the next couple or or have a wobble. We'll have to see what happens with Emery. Um, probably a good time to be playing them now that they have lost lost that one. And um, yeah, I mean they they don't really have a great record at Anfield. We're we're usually fairly strong against home. Hopefully we beat them. I mean, that's a tough one. You know, that is a tough one. They got a draw against us at home. And uh, that that is the one where you, you may worry about uh, about dropping points. But you don't really consider that we'll drop points at home. You're talking about City. Do you think we drop points at home, Dave? No, I, 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 would, I would go with that. And Arsenal at home over recent years has always been pretty fun for us. It's been yeah. three, three nils and three ones and four ones and five nils and things like this. And it's a half-five kickoff. Um which is always nice. Um, nice as well, isn't it? That's nice. Yeah, yeah it's a lovely half-five kick-off. The ground should be rocking. It, it should be a, a really good atmosphere. And at that point, you know... That the point atmosphere- one game away from the city. And if, if, if and if you've won the previous two, you're still ahead of them. And the atmosphere is fucking raucous and you don't drop points in that game. Right? Yeah, 100%. Um, as each game passes and, you know, the big games... Um, they're they're starting to become, you know, really really big games now. They're starting to become, you know, um, European Cup quarterfinals, second legs. That's that's what these games are now starting to become. Um, and we've, we've we've seen this we've seen this before, not as often as we as we would like, um, but we've seen what the atmosphere can do to teams. Um, and you know, I remember thirteen fourteen. I think. Maybe March, late February, um, and and Spurs. Well, so it was. I think it was Spurs came to Spurs came downfield, and Spurs were pretty much what Spurs are now. We were kind of in a parallel with them, and we the place was jumping beforehand, and we fucking were four nil up inside the first twenty minutes or something, or three nil up inside the first twenty minutes. Um, but the atmosphere was incredible, and I think we're now starting to get to that stage of the season where. We know there's pretty much zero margin for error, and those evening kickoffs um, against big teams could be absolutely brilliant. Dave, and we uh, can have a, a lot Neil. of fun with those. Here, here's one for you. A fixture we're sort of forgetting, and amongst all those we haven't mentioned, is the FA Cup. I'm curious, like, to be honest with you, though, isn't it? Yeah, no. But are we interested? In, how interested should we be in the FA Cup? Given we're where, Winning every game at this point, aren't yeah. we? I mean, you don't you don't don't necessarily want to win every competition, but you don't want to throw in a, a defeat into this mix. Having said that, but I think we've got the squad to carry it now, Neil. I think that's the difference that we we've got the squad to carry it efficiently. I think we do as well. That's, that's sort of what I'm saying. But having said that, if you do play a slightly shadow side in in the cup and um, Wolves put out a full strength side and and they beat us two one or whatever, then I think. Because it is in a in because it is so compartmentalized almost because it hasn't started yet and that will be the third round and it's one game. If you do lose that, I think it is one that you can you can kind of do exactly that and compartmentalize it. Sorry, and and just just write it off and just say that was that and you know move on. But of course, you don't want to lose any game at this run and just just on this and on this run and on all the games. If we if we do go unbeaten, in fact we do go a hundred percent up to the city game, which is what we're all we're all talking about. That'll be what? That'll be ten wins in a row. Nine, ten wins in a row, something like that. Since Arsenal, Arsenal was the last draw, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the league, we've lost in Europe, but in the league, we've been. You know, it's hard to see us losing, as you say, Dave. And I, I, I go even go as far as away, you know, to Wolves. And and it's no disrespect them because they're playing great at the minute. I think they're they're really doing well. But there's no nothing to fear. And and whereas we used to be terrified of going to places like that because disaster was I mean, only around the corner. Do you know what's funny? This is a bit of a parallel because I'm pretty sure. Um, 
we played Wolves in the third round of the FA Cup a few years ago when times were, were bad. I think maybe in Klopp's first, possibly in Klopp's first season when he'd just been in for a couple of months, possibly in the season before when I can't remember. But we put out kids. I think it was in Klopp's first season. Uh, we put out a real, a real C-string side and, and we got beat um, and we got knocked out. And now we're, we're playing them at exactly the same time as we were playing them in the league. Times have changed for Wolves. Times have changed for us. But um, but it's just it, it it it's the kind of the same scenario four years down the line, and and the difference is is huge. Um, but just going back to this and, and this run of fixtures and over Christmas and and going into January, if we do if we keep up a relentless pace. And actually, do win the next three, and then you know have you know things go right. And we go to City, and we win there. This could be a period that actually in the in the race for the title break could could break them if we just keep going and going because they've had the initial burst. They've been clear. They've been battering sides all season, and they've been top of the league, and 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 everyone's singing their praises from the rooftop. And the greatest side that's ever walked the face of the earth, and, and so on and so on. But now we're and that was a game ten, game eleven, game twelve, game thirteen, game fourteen. Well, now we're on game seventeen, and they've been behind for two weeks. So if we keep up this relentless pace. And keep just keep you know keep pushing through. I'm not saying they're going to fade fade away or whatever, but this could psychologically be an incredibly important sort of um, period in the season in the race for the title. Because at some point they could that that really can start to play on their mind. I think. Yeah, I I, I do agree with you, and I think um, to the FA the FA Cup, you know, I'd like to see a win. I think we've 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 managed to to capitalise a lot during Klopp's tenure with momentum and that's something the win against Napoli gave us it's something before that the, the win against Everton gave us um, and, and we've built from there and hopefully we're now starting to build towards something but the Napoli we squeezed through we did what we needed to do um, we're through to the next round last 16 of the Champions League and it's Bayern Munich so, Dave, I don't think it's the worst draw we could have got. I don't think it's the best draw that we could have got. But how are you feeling about that? Well, I haven't seen a lot of Bayern, but I've heard that they're pretty much in the doldrums. That you know, a bit like their national team at the minute. Um, it's just not happening for them. But they're Bayern Munich. Oh fuck! Somebody's shooting at me. Um, <laughs> they're Bayern Munich, and in February. They could well be the Bayern Munich that we, that we know and love sort of thing. I, I'm not particularly worried about it again, Dave. I think we've got the beating of them as well. Um, the only worry I would have is Virgil being missing, but it's going to be the home leg. Um, and hopefully we can scare the living bejesus out of them at Anfield uh, so as we're not too badly um, too badly bothered by it. I think Muller's out for both the games from, from what I've read online today, so that's always a bonus as well. Um, you know, you've got the Klopp aspect in, in there as well. I'm sure he'll be gunning to, to get the better of them, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, it's, it's a mouth-watering type. Let's face it, Dave. That, you know, they're, 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 like ourselves, they're European royalty. Um, who's not going to love a tie against Bayern Munich? Um, wonderful stadium. Great set of fans. Um, I'm sure that the, the two legs will be played out brilliantly. And... Uh, just sorry, I'm not going to be there, unlike somebody else that's on the pod, you know. Yes, so Chief, um, you're not too far away from there. Well, c- compared to most of us, um, I think that you know, looking across the leagues and looking across, looking across the the other teams left in the competition, I firmly believe that for the first time in ages, the Premier League is the best league in the world. Um, I think they've got the best teams in the world. Um, I think it's the strongest. I think it's got the best managers. I think it's got the best players for the most part. And looking at Real Madrid, looking at Barcelona, looking at Atletico or struggling, Bayern, um, PSG or PSG. And this, this is open, the Champions League, probably as, as there's been. Um, on paper, certainly, 
in quite a few years. Um, we've got Bayern. Yep. Um, you know a bit more about them than than we do. What are your What are your insights into them? Uh, well, of all the all the the powerhouses, the super clubs, and in inverted commas. Uh, well, I suppose none of them are really at their at their peak, at their finest. It's, maybe if we maybe set Juventus aside, because I think they should probably be the favourites. But yeah, by and large, you're, you're right in what you're saying. But uh, you know, it, it's you know, Bayern are in a little bit of uh, well, they're in transition. They're massively in transition. Um, they appointed uh, Nico Kovac as manager at the start of the season or during the summer. Um, very highly respected in Germany, but much younger than their their uh, usual appointments. Um, and somewhat, I suppose, untested at, at, at such a high level. However, uh, and, and, and very, very kind of strong-minded, but has this philosophy, um, works very closely with his brother, and uh, you know uh, they've been making some changes, and he he has a an aging squad. Uh, he's got to still deal with the likes of Robin Ribery, uh, 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 Thomas Muller that's passed his best. Lewandowski still firing, um, still consistent. But and then there are one or two questions here and there as well. Um, um, Concerning Manuel Neuer hasn't been in top form at all, uh, neither for for um, for club nor country this season. So um, yeah, he hasn't really had a chance to, to to put his his stamp on things properly. He's kind of fighting in a way to do that. Um, things haven't been going that badly. Just just not how they normally go for Bayern. So to give you a you know a, a brief sort of rundown, they're, they're um, played. Played 15, won nine, drawn three, lost three. Uh, they lost against Borussia Dortmund in the Der Klassiker uh, a couple of weeks ago, three three weeks ago, I think, um, away in Dortmund. And they lost against Borussia Mönchengladbach earlier in the season heavily, uh, um, I think, in Gladbach. Um, but otherwise, just, just the one defeat. And... Um, there are rumours and, and, well, words and rumblings amongst Bayern fans that things are picking up, that after a slow start, things are coming together. He, uh, Kovac is, is getting his ideas across more. The team is playing better. The results have picked up and so on and so forth. However, they're they're certainly beatable and it's it's a good time to play them. There's a worry about them defensively. Um, Kovac is, is showing now that he's, he's willing to make changes uh, and with some of the other players he likes your Jerome Boateng who's, who's kind of blown up a little bit um, but um, yeah they, they, they're still aging generally the, the average age of the Bayern team is the oldest in the Bundesliga and despite blooding a few youngsters and, and giving them a, a little bit more game time uh, over the recent games it's going to be anyone's guess, really, as to who who starts uh, and what their their starting lineup looks like in February. They will, of course, have had a, a one month winter break, um, which begins, I think, next week. Uh, and yeah, they won't play, and then until the first week of February, so it's actually five and a half weeks. Uh, but they, they, I suppose, they won't be that fresh. So. Um, um, they, How's they it going down in, in, in Germany? The, the, the draw but, of the day. I mean, I've been working all day, so I've not really had much of a chance to gauge it. But uh, a few of my students are Bayern fans. I've been talking to them about it, and they're, they're excited and they're interested. I mean, Bayern Munich fans never really worry too much about who the opposition is. They think they're they're Bayern Munich, and you know they're Bayern Munich, and, and that's how it goes. But um, but yeah, it will be a it's a match that Liverpool can certainly win. Uh, it's going to be a great match, I think. It's it's a fun draw. Um, we didn't want Juventus, as we said. Um, it's a good time to get Bayern. They're certainly not uh, as good as they were last year or or two three years ago. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, and yeah, out of the German teams we could have gotten, uh, I didn't want Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund, just to give you a, a, a nod on that, are played 15, won 12, drawn three. I think they kept uh, the, they won the award for the most number of clean sheets ever kept in in a Champions League group stage. 
as well. So um, out of the two teams, you definitely would be uh, you're definitely happier, and they're the youngest actual average age in the in the Bundesliga as well. So you've kind of got the flip side with Bayern, and it's good for us. It's a glamour tie as well. It's huge. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I think we're definitely in with a great chance of, of being in the quarterfinals. Yep, um, I think so. I, think, I agree totally and uh, totally with you that, that Dortmund are certainly look on, on current form the, the more difficult proposition and God helps Spurs. Um, but realistically, we're the team that, that none of those teams wanted to get Exactly. We're the, we're the one team that finished second in our group that nobody wanted to get, and Baron have ended up with us. Um, and it's a bit like the Napoli scenario where they were looking at us going, how the fuck are Liverpool seeded third in their group and our third pot, and how have we ended up with them in our group? And look how it panned out for them. So I think it's, an, it's, it's as open a competition, I think, as it has been. Um there's 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 suggestions in the back of my mind that that maybe we saw the we saw the form in the Champions League group potentially because we've been distracted by the league because we generally have that much belief within our squad that we can go and win the league this year. Um, so long may it continue. Um, Wolves on Friday night. Christmas is around the corner. What a what a twelve months it's been um, for Liverpool, and we've two games to go um, this year, three games to go this year. Hopefully, we can make it. We can make it three more wins, uh, and we can go to the area at top of the league. And that's it. That's and it. see what happens. And come away four points ahead of them. Christmas <laughs> day. So, yeah. Well, I think if we win our next three games, worst case scenario, we go to we go to the area at a point ahead of them. That's worst case scenario. Um, so guys what a time to be alive um, it's just it's just a lot of fun at the minute and we saw a real contrast on 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 Sunday with Manchester United on how it's really no fun at all and everything is malfunctioning and we've been there and we know what it's like and I think at this point now as shit as that was you can appreciate this all the more so that's us. Hopefully see you next time after Liverpool have hammered wounds and are still top of the league. <laughs>